You, you are about to witness an epic experience of music, wisdom, and insights flowing through your brain in four, three, two, one. Life Wisdom Radio and the Janiji Learning Center Online Wisdom Campus is proud to support this radio program. And now, broadcasting live from a vault containing a secret ancient wisdom library hidden in the tunnels below the Las Vegas Strip, it's the Howling Papa Booch Radio Program, Howling and Growling on Air. Ha ha ha! Hey everybody in here at the studio and you out there listening, it is an honor to have you here today. We have an amazing show for you. We've got some amazing insights, some uh, information that I want to make sure that we cover today. But I also have some just fantastic music for you to sit back and just allow yourself that inner being, that inner wisdom, that inner peace to take a bath all over it today. So make sure that you sit back, enjoy, maybe even grab a piece of paper. Most of all, get ready later on. We're going to be taking some calls. We'd love to take some time to chat with you. But for now, just sit back, enjoy the show, because I've got something amazing for you that's about to start now. You're listening to Alan with Papa Pooch Radio Program. Well, what an amazing song. I, I truly appreciate the gift of music. It has played such a large part in my life. And today on this first segment, I'd really like to sit down and just have a conversation. So grab some tea, put your feet up, grab your slippers on, your chamomile, whatever that is. Because I'd like to talk a little bit today about memory. I think if there's something that we really have this I don't know, I don't want to call it an issue with, but I think if there's one thing other than emotions that have been really problematic in our lives has been memory. What to do with it? How do I identify with it? Does it really become part of me? Is it part of my identity? Is it something I'll never get over? I mean, how do we deal with memories? I'm, I'm kind of interested in uh, your take on it, but I'd like to offer you what some insights that I think is part of the ancient wisdom inheritance. I think it's important to really understand that term. There is an ancient wisdom inheritance available for all of us. We've had ancestors, and they actually left us <laughs> some, some amazing information, insights, epiphanies. And what happens is, is that we're either living like sea turtles, which means mama turtle comes up and she digs this hole and lays all of her eggs there, and you know she, she goes back off into the ocean never really to see her offspring again. And 
after a while, these little sea turtles come up, they hatch, they come out of the sand, and somehow there's a knowingness that they automatically lean and go towards the ocean. But the dilemma is all the good kelp spots, mama never taught the babies. All the new information where the cool clubs are and where all the cool people hang out and all the information that mama <laughs> that, that mama would have gathered over time, the babies never learn any of this. And so the baby turtles are just there to figure stuff out on their own and use the wisdom, the inner instinct that they have for their particular species. And then there's humans. We have the ability of not just being born and then trying to figure all this out on our own. And it feels that some way, that, that feels like that sometimes. And the difficulty is, is that we no longer have a family inheritance. It's it's as if, you know, we're sort of like at times the 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 sea turtles. Where'd mom go? Where did my family go? Where did all the knowledge go? Why do I gotta figure out where all the good places to eat are? But we're not like that as humans. So there's an ancient wisdom inheritance, especially regarding memories and emotions and how to deal with these things. And so if you've been at all anything like this, you received a great family inheritance. You received belief systems and, and uh, behavior, and then you took that out into the world. And some of it didn't work out. Some of it may have been amazing, but some of it didn't work out. So where do you go? Where do you go when you find out that some of the things you were taught may not actually be true, may not be relevant anymore? Where do you go for information? Because what if your neighbor, your, the people you hang around with, have all been taught similarly to what you've been taught? Where do you go for this information? How do you get a hold of Mama Sea Turtle and go, hey, I'd like to know what you know? And what we have is an ancient wisdom inheritance. And I never understood any of this. I was born into a Midwest, Midwest mindset back in the early 60s. And, and I took that on into the world. And I realized that I didn't have the answers that I needed to live by. And so I took what I thought was true. I looked for other answers, but I looked for answers from some of the same people that taught me the and I hate using the word limited, but limited amount of information that I had. And if it's anything like you, it may have led to some hiccups, some, <laughs> some messes on aisle three, emotional breakdowns or physical situations. And I want to end that. I want to help you understand that that mama sea turtle that left her babies, because that's how it works in the turtle world, is not the same in the human world. And that this ancient wisdom inheritance is going to help you understand a major insight that I'm going to share with you right now. You've never had a thought tell you, don't believe me, I'm irrational. You've never had a thought say, hey, don't believe me, I just popped up into your head and I'm a familiar thought. But don't believe me this time because it's not going to work out. You've never had a thought have a disclosure statement. You know, like here on the radio show, if we did a car ad, two at that price. You've never had that. So what do you do? Well, if you're like me before, you just act on the thought blindly. 
you think it, it comes out of your mouth. You, you're thinking it, and a lot of times we're not even thinking it ahead of time. We're just doing. What happens? How did we say what we said? How did we do what we did? We don't want to think that we're responsible for it, but we are. Somewhere along the line, we received this amazing information from our family and schools and society, but there's so much missing. And the first part that's missing is how do you handle memories? Are they, are they part of me? Is that memory that happened 10 years ago? Is that like an arm? I'll never get rid of it. Because if that's true, <laughs> and you've ever had a Slurpee or a Frosty, well, that's a memory too. So are you a Slurpee? <laughs> what flavor would you be if you are? Are you a Frosty? What size would you be? I mean, if we're going to say that we are our memories, that that's who I am, then who were we before we had the memory? Who are we if we really are these memories? Because I don't know about you, but I've never seen a baby go to baby laughing school. Now, I'm open if there is. I've never seen it. And that might be a great business idea for all you entrepreneurs out there looking for something to do. Baby laughing school. But no, you've never had a baby go to baby laughing school. So how do they know? What's sort of like the instincts of the turtle. But somewhere along the line, there's choice, there's thoughts, there's memories. We're going to cover that here in the next segment. But I just want to let you know something extremely important here. Your memories are like a snapshot. It's like a camera. Movie, pictures, sound. And it's a gift. It's a gift to have these ideas and memories inside of me. I, I remember being out by the Farallon Islands outside of San Francisco Bay Area, and this whale just came out of nowhere. And I kept asking myself, oh, I wish, why didn't I have my camera? Why didn't I take a picture of it? And I realized I did. It's in my mind. It's there. But what do I do with it? I can live with it, describe it. I, I can feel good about it. But then, but that's my story about it. I feel good about that whale because it's a good story, but also feel bad about it because I have another story going, I wish I would have taken a picture. So on one hand, I love it. On the other hand, I'm mad, disappointed, and I'm doing that to me. And that's the story of memory. So what is the biggest indicator of how you handle your memories? It's the story we tell about them. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But if we're told that if that happens and that's a memory and you're supposed to suffer for it for the rest of your life, well, who taught you that? But that's part of the story, right? Somebody said that happened, you'll never get over it. But yet, here's the secret about memory. It's not just the memory. It's not the event. But it's the story. You know why? Because for 40 some years, I had a question, which is what started this whole adventure that led up to the show that we're talking now. I had a question. Why is it that two people can go through the same or similar circumstances and come out different? One goes through it and says, oh, my God, I'll never get over it. And the other person goes, phew, <laughs> that was a lot. But, you know. I'm still breathing. I'm still part of the world. I still have choice. Yet it was the same or similar event. Why is it then that two people can go through the same or similar event 
because it's the story we tell. It's how we frame it in our mind. I'll talk more about that in just a minute, but I want to say this. You're not broken. If anything, we've just been confused. And that's okay. We're going to end that confusion <laughs> right after this. Call now. Call now. Call in now. 888-429-5471 to speak to Papa Pooch. Hello. Hello. Phone lines are open. Call now. 888-429-5471. It's time to be free. Great to have you here. I'm Papa Pooch. It's great to have you here. I, I wanted to basically offer you a gift today. If you're listening, please go to myfree.gift. Got a gift for you for being one of our amazing listeners. So go to myfree.gift. But primarily, I want to say this. I'm sorry. I am so sorry. What I'm about to teach to you, to offer to you, to share with you, whatever word you'd like to fill in that blank with, I'm sorry. Because there is an amazing revelation regarding memory. There's an amazing understanding from our ancient wisdom inheritance. And it goes like this. You're kind of living three experiences at once. And and, and I kind of call this the, the turducken of the human experience, you know, uh, what is that? A, a turkey inside a, a, a with a duck and then a chicken. I, I saw that on Madden many, many years ago, and I've always wanted to have a turducken. I never had a turducken, but I kind of would like to get an idea if, if you can see the the beautiful gift that's here. And it goes like this: you are having an experience of awareness. And no matter where you go, if you were to kind of ask yourself, do I exist? You would say, yeah, I exist. I'm aware that I exist. Then in that awareness, you're aware of what your mind is offering back to you. Now, remember, the mind can't offer anything back to you unless it was in there. So think of the mind kind of like a filing cabinet, right? And then the third aspect is the awareness of what something is as it is. So let me say this again. The three layers of experience, and, and we used to call it me, myself, and I. Kind of wonder where that came from, right? You're having the experience of the visual, the, that virtual world in the mind. You're having the experience of the body and the tangible world. And then you're having that experience of conscious awareness. And it's the conscious awareness aspect. Probably the turkey and the turducken, <laughs> where everything else kind of goes in it. 
but you're having this threefold experience and it's like this are you aware that you exist yeah now i can't prove you exist i'm aware that i exist but i can't prove you exist only you know that within your own being your own conscious awareness next you've got memory thoughts beliefs pictures sound taste smells all up in there and every time every single time you're not going to get around it it's a function of the mind it's called the associative mind if you look somewhere guess what's going to happen Ooh, I, I, I pointed my eyeballs that direction and what, what popped in my mind? It said picture. I'm going that way and it says key. Look around wherever you are and watch the mind just offer information up to you automatically. It's doing its job. There's nothing wrong. All these pop-ups, it's just doing what it's been taught. And it's popping things up into your mind how it's been taught to do so. The, the, the names, the labels, the likes, the dislikes. And that's all in memory. It's sort of like Having, <laughs> it's like walking down the street and someone comes up to you with a trench coat and opens, opens it up and goes, Psst, I got a memory for you. It's like a best friend going, hey, remember when? And it's constantly happening. We call that chatter. We call it thought. And it's a gift. Most of the time we've been suffering from it only because we didn't know what it was. But it's just memory. It's like your encyclopedia. You're walking around going, hey, I know where the good ice cream is. I know where the post office is. I know so-and-so owes me a nickel and I like you. I don't like you. And there it is popping up in the mind because that's the story we told the mind to remember. It's like going to the store. I got milk. Oh, I remember I need milk. Yay. And that's how it works. And then there's the other aspect. And I like calling this what is sees what is as what is. Because when you think about a tree, the tree is not really inside of you. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine how big hats would have to be the moment you thought of a tree and your head had to be so big to have a tree inside? No, it's the information about a tree, but it's not a tree itself. Ooh, there's an insight here about memory. You don't actually have the situation in you. I mean, think about it. If, if you had a situation that occurred to you when you're at a football game, you'd need the whole stadium in your head. Can you imagine how big shirts would have to be if you've actually got a stadium inside your head because something happened to you when you ordered popcorn and juju beans and a soda? No, there's nothing inside of you. It's like a photograph. It's information. That's what memory is. We haven't really been taught this. We've been taught to treat it quite differently. And again, I want to say I'm sorry. But we're going to find clarity here. So there's what is as it is. No label, no name. It's the isness of everything. When I look over at that, what I my mind calls a picture on the wall, what does it say it is? What does the picture say that it is? It's not calling itself a picture. Matter of fact, it's not calling itself anything. It's not saying there's a tree in the picture. It's not saying there's a fence in the picture. It's just what it is. As it is. Only as it is. With not my thoughts, not my labels, not my judgments. It's just what is. And that's one of the layers. So what are the layers? Awareness. What my mind is making of it. And what something is on its own. 
And guess where we tend to live the most? We tend to live the most in what our mind is making of something. That's how we've been taught, right? What do you think? How do you feel? All of our conversations and our interactions with people is primarily based on thoughts and emotions. But what if the emotions that I'm feeling are based on thoughts that are nothing more than memory? And I'm feeling something now like anger or frustration about something that's not even happening now. So what's happening? I got a movie played in my head about what so-and-so said yesterday or so-and-so did yesterday. Now, they're not here. I look around the room. They're not here. But I'm still feeling something about them. Well, what am I feeling? I'm not feeling anything about them. I'm feeling about my thoughts about them. Oh, so wait a minute. Are you here to tell me that the body does not know the difference between a thought that represents reality right now, a memory, a lie, or a fantasy? No, the body doesn't know the difference. It's not the job of the body to know the difference between realities. It's the job of the body to go, I believe the mind is thinking something. I need to create an emotion to match it. That's what it is. It's the body's job to create a physical experience over whatever's happening in the virtual world in your mind. And the body's really good at it. It's very loyal. I mean, let's face it. If you think about food, and by the way, I love pecan pie. I love pecan pie. Hint, hint. <laughs> but if you think of your favorite food, your mouth is going to water. And the body's going, hey, we're supposed to be getting some food here, the mouse water, and you're swallowing this enzymes. The stomach's taking that as a signal going, hey, we got food coming. Get ready for some pie. But there's no pie. It's a thought pie. And we're adults. And if you think about something like a fantasy, your body might respond, yet there's nobody there but you and your thoughts. So what's the biggest problem with memory? We've been taught wrong. We've been taught wrong. We've been taught to treat what isn't true now the same as what is true now. We've been taught to treat our thoughts about something as being the same as if they're the thing itself. Oh. And let me tell you, there's peace when you understand this greater controllability, greater understanding about how to function and live in the world. But these are one of the things that mama sea turtles not passing on to her baby sea turtles. But you can get that now from your ancient wisdom inheritance. Call now. Call now. Call in now. 888-429-5471 to speak to Papa Pooch. Hello. 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 And we are back. We are back. Would love to hear from you. Call in now. Would love to have a wonderful conversation with you. 
I'd love to really share one of the most important aspects of all of this. You're not broken. Woohoo! I know. It feels that way sometimes, though. Why does it feel as if we just say something automatically? What's well, part of memory, and I'll cover that in just a second. Why is it that we can do something automatically and we don't feel as if we did it? I mean, we want to think someone provoked us. They made me feel this way. They made me do what I did. But it's not true. And, and I'll, I'll show you why. And it will empower you. You'll get your pink slip back as a human being. And here's the gift. Right now, there's pressure of your shirt on your shoulders. I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but there's a pressure of your shirt on your shoulders. And until I reminded you, odds are, you weren't paying attention to it. Why? Why is that important? Well, after about 80,000 students that I've worked with over the last decade, I found that this particular pointer is probably one of the best ever. What if that's how the mind and body functions, that you can have something that's habitual. And in this case, it's just something as simple as the pressure of your shirt on your shoulders. Why is it that we're not paying attention to that anymore? It's happening in reality. I mean, it's not just a thought. It's happening. It's right here. And guess what? If a mosquito, a tiny, itty-bitty little mosquito landed on your shoulders, guess what? You might feel it. Why? because it's different. Pressure of your shirt on your shoulders, habitual, not different. It's the same signal over and over again. And after a while, guess what happens? It goes from something you pay attention to in the conscious mind, it becomes unconscious. And it's no different. Maybe it's easier to see in other people. Do you have anyone that you know that just says something all the time? You or whatever it is, whatever the statement might be. And, and, and you go, hey, you just said this. Go, oh, I didn't say it. And you know they did. Or they did something. And you go, hey, you just did this. You go, no, I didn't. I, right? It happens. But they don't know they did it. Why? Because it's unconscious. Their hands are moving. Their lips are moving. And they don't know what happens until after they've said it. Which is kind of interesting. When people are on automatic pilot, they're saying things. And they're not thinking about it ahead of time, which means that the person hearing it and the person saying it gets to hear what's going to be said at the same time. Now, let me say that again. When we start doing things unconscious, I say something and I'm not no forethought. I'm not in my mind going, hmm, what's the best way I could handle this? I could say this. I could say, no, that's not happening. Instead, it's just blurted out. It's like an argument. Somebody says this, and then somebody says that, and somebody says this, and somebody says that. When did they take time to figure out what should be said? Did someone go, you know what? The best way to handle this moment is to be angry and be verbally abusive. No, they didn't do that. They just said something. And we wonder why we blame others. Because in my mind, I only have puppies and rainbows. I didn't purposefully say it. Somebody must have triggered me. You pressed my button. You provoked me. And all that means is this. It's like the mosquito that lands on your shoulder when you're not paying attention to the pressure of your shirt. 
And all of a sudden, a signal from your shoulders goes, hey, we got something on our shoulders. I think it's a mosquito. And then you remember, oh, I got pressure in my shirt on there too. It comes back up to conscious awareness. Or was it before? Unconscious. And when we tell someone, hey, you just said this or did that, they want to say, no, I didn't. But you saw it. But to them, it was unconscious. And this is how memory works. The moment you start thinking to yourself over and over again, life sucks. Life is hard. I don't like this person. I don't like my life. Well, that becomes memory. And you start reflecting those things that you put into your mind back to you. And since it reflects back to you, you believe it because it must be true. I'm thinking it. But after a while, you think something so often that like not paying attention to the pressure of your shirt on your shoulders, all of a sudden now you're just feeling angry. I don't know why, I'm just feeling it. Because the reason why is unconscious to become habitual i'm always putting this person down always putting this situation down negative here angry there insecure there it becomes automatic we don't think it's us but that's how memory works you have this gift of this threefold experience of being aware of having memory Psst, i remember and this gift of present moment understanding that what is, is as it is without beliefs, without ideology, without any of that. And if this has been a problem for you, call in. Howling and growling on air. Call in. Hal, if you've got something wonderful to talk about, growl if you've got a problem you'd like a nugget of wisdom for. But the truth is this. These memories are a gift. It's like a snapshot. It's like understanding where I've been. It's my me movie, my I movie. And I get to play it. This is a story of me then, the story of me then. And guess what? I'm going to feel whatever soundtrack or emotions I stored it with. And that's why we think the memories are the same now as before. Because if I stored that memory with anxiety or angry, or being angry, what comes back with it? Anxiety and anger. But you can retell the story in your mind. I, I, I don't want to live with memories that bring up anger anymore. You're going to believe whatever you put up there. You're in control of your me library, the, the, the me movie. You are in charge. And I'm sorry. I'll go back and say it again. I'm sorry if there's things that had not been taught to you. It hadn't been taught to me either. I learned all kinds of things growing up. I learned about corn and I learned about weather and I learned how to drive a stick shift and I learned apple pie and baseball and Chevrolet. I learned a lot of things, but nobody taught me about my mind. I knew more about our black and white TV that we used to change the tubes in. Yes, I'm that old. And, and I know more now used to about my phone than I did my own mind. I hope that's not you. And if it is, we'll solve that. Keep listening. But what if it's just been a misunderstanding? 
What if it's only been confusion? Maybe it's just been a lack of clarity on how we function as a human being. Why is it that two people can go through the same or similar event? Because they told themselves, this is how I go through it. It's the story of me. I'm the one who suffers. I'm the one who gets held back. I tell me that story and I believe it because we've told that story to ourselves for so long. And yet, at the same time, you can reframe that story, that idea, that belief. And you can also understand one of the most important things ever. Why is it that we kind of feel asleep inside? Because whatever you habitually don't pay attention to also becomes unconscious. And after searching this world, trying to find one of the primary answers on how to consciously and spiritually help someone wake up, it's because of this. Their awareness of their awareness, or I should say the lack of it, became habitual. You pay attention to a pain in your back, all you're feeling is a pain in your back. But if you don't pay attention to your awareness, it becomes unconscious. And pretty soon you're not aware that you're aware. And all we live is the story in our mind. And how do you help someone wake up? You remind them that they're aware. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to the Life Wisdom Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. back welcome back everybody i i'm grateful for this time that we are sharing together and we've been talking in case you're just tuning in about memory about how our this beautiful gift of memory works it's like a camera it's like a snapshot and to keep adding to this <laughs> i know i didn't believe what i'm about to tell you there i i called several optometrists i even called a college I wanted to make sure that it was right. But I was sitting there in meditation one day and I opened my eyes and all of a sudden something hit me. I'm not looking out my eyes. Let me say that again. You don't look out your eyes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I know it just seems that way, right? When I move my head, guess what? My eyeballs move. And it looks as if I'm looking out them. But think about this. Your senses are input devices. I mean, you don't have sound coming out your ears. Although there may be other areas that there's sound coming out of. We, that's not for this show. But you don't have smell coming out your nose. Unless you might have an infection. Still not part of this show. But you don't have light coming out your eyes. I mean, if you think you're looking out your eyes and light's going out your eyes, turn off all the lights and tell me what you see. 
nothing. We don't look out our eyes. And what's interesting is I used to get upset because somebody looked at me wrong. And then I'm realizing nobody's ever looked at me. I've never looked directly at them. When you understand how memory works, basically what it is, it's like this recording device inside our brain. And it's taking all of this input, all the sound, the smells, the taste, the textures, the touch, everything. And it's going in through our mind to an area I like to call Frank. If your name is Frank, I love you. But I had to call it something. Now, Frank is the name I've given our subconscious. It's this basket of information. It's, it's our collection. I could even be called our library. And so everything that's coming in through your senses is going in through your library. And then it's being projected onto the screen in your mind. And how do we know this to be true? Well, let's do a little experiment. Look around and see something with your eyes open. And then close your eyes and imagine the same thing. Now, let me ask you, is that information when you're imagining coming in through your eyes? No, Frank's going, hey, I got a picture of that. Let me put it up on the screen. So you're not looking out your eyes. Nobody's ever looked at you and given you a bad look. It's like a camera. Information's coming in through the lens, going onto the back of the film. And we're the same way. And all of it goes through your filter before you make it into something, which means is this anger doesn't happen out there. Anger happens after the information comes in through our senses through Frank and Frank goes, Oh, let me look that up for you. Oh, that's something we get angry about. Here's the file. Here's the belief. Here's the instructions. You're supposed to be angry about that. And then that goes up on the screen in your mind. And guess what? That becomes a thought. It becomes an image in the mind. It becomes a memory that's popping up in our head. And we go, oh, I'm supposed to do that. It's as if we no longer live by choice. We live by the hidden decider that I call Frank. And Frank's in there going, hey, I've got all these instructions, man. I'm supposed to hate rainy days because it ruined my parade. I don't like pecan pie. I love this pie instead. I don't like you. I like you. I love this. I don't love that. And you've programmed your mind. You've taught Frank how to tell you how to handle things. And after a while, we've given up choice. Instead, we now live by obedience. We live by obedience. I created a belief and now I live it. And we wonder why we don't feel as if we have choice anymore. Because choice, since we're no longer using it, has become like the pressure of our shirt on our shoulders. It's become unconscious. And now we don't even believe we have choice because we don't see it anymore. We're not aware of it anymore. So Frank, the hidden decider, is deciding what to put up on the screen. And that's what you're thinking. That's what you're imagining. And again, guess what? Whatever's on the screen, the body's going, I'm supposed to feel whatever the mind is believing. And so the body's down there going, I'm supposed to feel like crap right now. Why? Well, the mind is sending a signal down there. Oh, let's do that again. Or happy or sad or hungry or whatever other emotion that is created by whatever the mind is believing the body will follow. Because it's the job of the body to create whatever physical experience that's being created in the virtual world. So Frank, for the most part, is running the show. 
And most people aren't even aware of this because their awareness, like the pressure of their shirt on their shoulders and choice has become unconscious. And you can see this in people's lives. You see poverty, you see insecurity, you see addictions, you see all of this. We don't have to live our lives anymore. You know why? Because this information has been around for thousands of years, but it didn't get to me. My life was a mess for 40 some years. And then somebody came to me and said, uh, you know, there's a lot of information about the mind, about awareness, about consciousness. Your ancient ancestors left this ancient wisdom inheritance. And here I am. I'm feeling like the sea turtle. Uh, I didn't know about this. And they're going, well, I learned about it. Let me teach you. And that's what's happening here. You're not broken. It's almost like understanding how hard it is for information to, to, to spread across this beautiful globe we call Earth. Can you imagine that in one part of Earth, someone took this pottery wheel, because we've had pottery for thousands of years. We had this pottery wheel, and it was kind of this horizontal wheel that we you know spin and make pottery out of. And then, I don't know, maybe somebody dropped it one day and it fell on its side and it rolled away. And then somebody got the bright idea. Oh, you know, we could take the pottery wheel and put it vertical instead of horizontal, connect a couple, and now we've got a cart. we got something to move things with. So what we call the wheel was invented. This was thousands of years ago. But guess what? Those people there knew about the sideways wheel, but a country over, a continent over, they didn't know. They're still dragging stuff. And this went on for a very long time. And this is why not all of us have been taught what we've been taught. There's so much out there. But there's six essential items that when you understand will change your life forever. You don't need a thousand things, a million things. There's six important things. And the first aspect we've covered a little bit today because information travels slowly. There's a wheel out there. There's wisdom out there, knowledge out there. And what I call is this is the realm of we don't know that we don't know. I didn't even know to look for this, so I wasn't even looking. I knew what my address was. I knew what I could do, and I knew what I couldn't do for the most part. I know I'm not a brain surgeon. Don't ask. But I know how the mind functions relating to wisdom, consciousness, and awareness. And nobody taught us these things. Are you broken? No. Are you doing things automatically because there's something wrong with you? No. 99.99% of all of our issues and problems and drama have been made because we weren't aware that we were aware. We weren't aware of Frank and the screen in our mind. And then also in that same screen inside, we're able to see what is as what is without these ideas and beliefs. And that's where inner peace, inner wisdom, presence, being lies. It's the gift of having a human experience, yet you're this amazing spiritual being. I commend you for sharing the time we've had together. Take some of the things that we've talked about today and put it to the test for yourself. Never believe a word I say. Test it for yourself. 
there's tens of thousands of people that have come before you just in my lifetime of being able to share this with. So get ready for next week's show. We've got an amazing event for you. I'm about to go start the barbecue. Got some amazing friends we're about to spend some time with. Got some listeners coming in. We've got a barbecue later on. But remember this. You're an amazing human being. And it's time to learn just how amazing <laughs> you really are. Till next time. As this week's episode comes to an end, it's time to close the vault to the Ancient Wisdom Library and start the barbecue grill and be grateful for the time we've shared together. And as loyal listeners and fans of the Howling with Papa Pooch show, we'd like to offer you a free gift. On behalf of the tens of thousands of amazing people who have attended the Janiji Learning Center Online Wisdom Campus, please go to My Free Gift. That's, that's My Free Dot Gift to receive a special present from Papa Pooch. Please join us next week for more life-changing wisdom, music, and more. And remember, you're only an insight away from making the discovery of a lifetime.